0: It's Optimism Wednesday. We love Optimism Wednesday. Only positive news on Optimism Wednesday. All the negative stuff, all the calls for trades, gone. We are talking positive stuff about the Colts, about the Pacers, about the Cubs, about Indiana basketball, about everyone. Even though the Pacers got hosed in the draft lottery last night, it's all positive. The Colts, you know what? They got holes to fill. But it's all positive today. Everything looks good. Rankings are up. The Cubs another shutout last night. Unbelievable. And Trace Jackson Davis at the draft combine in uh, in Chicago. He's got to come back to Indiana, right? This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, May eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. You got a plumbing problem? They got a plumbing solution. Give them a call. Jared Johnson is just the best. He's worked in this house three times. You are going to love him. 765-610-8809, the number. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports on this Wednesday. Again, Optimism Wednesday. The Colts, new rankings are out at ESPN and pro, Pro Football Focus, and they paint the Colts in a very positive light. In terms of FPI, the Colts rank eighth. And what FPI is is the uh, the number of points a team is expected to be better than an average team on a neutral cor- or a, a neutral uh, kind of field. All right, the Colts right now four point two points better than the average NFL team on a neutral field. That's a really good thing. That is number eight in the NFL, and they only play three teams ranked higher than them. Those are the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. All Cs, along with the Colts. I guess the first thing you've got to do as an NFL team is start your mascot with a C. Do that, you're in business. If your city starts with a C, it's completely different, as the Browns and the Bears are not ranked nearly as high. Or the Bengals, actually. Bears ranked last. In the NFL. This is Optimism Wednesday, but it's only Optimism Wednesday about Indiana teams. There is no optimism about the Chicago Bears. Worst run organization in the NFL right now. Ownership's gotta change. What are the Bears doing? The Bears cannot function successfully with what they got going up in Lake Forest. They just can't. That's the way it is. And that's why Ed Dodds, the assistant GM of the Colts, is so much smarter. Then uh, poor Matt Eberflus. I feel terrible for Matt Eberflus. He finally gets his chance to run his own kind of shop. And Eberflus has chosen the worst in the NFL. Ed Dodds chose not to be interviewed for the Bears job. He'd rather stay as the assistant GM with the Colts. That tells you something about the Chicago Bears. All right. Guards. Offensive guards. Ranked by Pro Football Focus. Zach Martin, number one. Who's number two? Quentin Nelson. That's number two. There is no question that when healthy, Quentin Nelson is among the top two guards in the National Football League. He is really, really good. The only question about Quentin Nelson, and it's not poisonal, it's not poisonal, is whether Quentin Nelson is worth the amount of money that's going to have to be invested in him for him to continue to play for the Colts. That's the question. It's financial. It's not about quality of play. Do you need to pay a guard $18 million a year or whatever Quentin Nelson is going to make in order to function as a championship-ready football team? That's a question. Whether he's a really, really good guard, great guard, maybe the best guard in the history of the NFL, this is not questioned. He is really, really good, and we love having him here. Is at the Kenny Chesney concert a week and a half ago, for God's sake. He's availing himself of the wonders of Indianapolis and the fun that can be had here. We like it when people do that. Now, quarterbacks. How about this? <clears throat> Matt Ryan at the age of 36. Where does he rank in terms of the NFL? They tier it out at Pro Football Focus. The top tier, you know what? You got Brady, you got Rodgers. That's it. That's the top tier. Nobody else belongs in the top tier. But in tier two, uh, three, four, and five in the NFL, you know who you got? You got uh, Matt Ryan in a tier with uh, Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford. That's pretty damn good. You take that if you're the Colts. If you get quarterback play that's commensurate with that level of tiering, you feel really, really good. Matt Ryan's a really good quarterback. Matt Ryan was without weapons last year. Last year, Julio Jones signed with the Titans, and Calvin Ridley had to back away from football after five games. So what are you left with? You're left with Kyle Pitts and Russell Gage, who Matt Ryan used really, really well, and Corderell Patterson. Those three guys totaled, uh, along with the other receivers, four of the Falcons, totaled almost 4,000 yards of receiving. Matt Ryan, still really, really good. The pro football focus people see it sadly, and we're always going to juxtapose Matt Ryan as he exists in a Colts uniform and with the Colts franchise with Carson Wentz, the guy he replaced. The Colts so dissatisfied with Carson Wentz that they shipped him out of town without having an option, a quarterback behind him. They got very, very fortunate, even by their own reckoning, in attracting uh, a trade for Matt Ryan. The Falcons, trying to move on from that giant contract, understand that they're not capable of winning. They want to put Ryan in a position where they can win, get something for Matt Ryan, and take his contract off the books. That happened for the Falcons in large part because the Colts said bye-bye to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is included in a tier with uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, Mitch Trubisky and Sam Darnold. So there you go. That is the, and and this is, uh, it's, it's mostly objective with pro football focus. So this isn't like, we don't like Carson Wentz because he's a born again Christian and he reads scripture. That's not what this is. This is Carson Wentz just can't play quarterback. That's what it is. Uh, running backs, Jonathan Taylor, number one with a bullet. In the NFL, and you would guess. Look, right, Jonathan Taylor won the NFL rushing title by more than 550 yards last year. He had 1,811 yards. That is unbelievable in this day and age in the NFL. And it was kind of over Frank Wright's protests that they continued to try to throw the ball with Wentz to the receivers that Wentz had. All right. And the difference between Matt Ryan last year with the Falcons and Carson Wentz last year with the Colts is that we didn't know that the Colts weren't going to have weapons. And we're not sure that the lack of weaponry for the Colts last year wasn't Carson Wentz-driven. Michael Pittman Jr., T.Y. Hilton, right, Zach pascal those guys the previous year for the Colts did pretty well with Phillip Rivers. With Carson Wentz, they didn't do so well. Last year with the Falcons, Matt Ryan... Without Calvin Ridley and without Julio Jones, not so good. So you you can see the weaponry on one team wither away from Matt Ryan. With the other team, uh, I, I that might have been caused by Carson Wentz as much as anything else. Zach Pascal now with the Philadelphia Eagles. T. Y. Hilton unemployed. Matt Ryan with the Falcons got guys paid, right? Weapons got paid. Tight ends have made a boatload of money because of Matt Ryan's play at quarterback. For Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz gets guys unemployed. That's what Carson Wentz does. But Jonathan Taylor, absolutely awesome last year. They had to keep feeding him because it was the only way for them to be dynamic at all in their offense. Jonathan Taylor was huge. For the Colts offensively, without Jonathan Taylor, what in the wide world of sports did they have? Uh, Let's talk about Indiana basketball for a minute. Indiana is kind of buffeting its non-conference schedule, right? They're getting tougher. It's not just directional state schools anymore. They got Arizona. They got Kansas. Those two teams as non-conference opponents in combination with a Gavit Games opponent as well As an ACC Big Ten Challenge opponent, that's going to be a pretty damn good uh, non-conference schedule. And Trace Jackson Davis may be a part of it. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's up at the draft combine in Chicago, which runs through Sunday. It doesn't make any sense to me for Trace Jackson Davis to stay in the draft. Unless there's a GM who says, like, if Kevin Pritchard comes up to Trace Jackson Davis and said, dude, I got the 31st overall pick. I am taking you with 31 if you're on the board. If that happens, you got to kind of stay, right? Otherwise, he's going to make more money through NIL at Indiana than he's going to make playing professionally next year, again, unless somebody just loves him, right? Returning If Trace Jackson Davis returns, and and let's face it, he's 0 for 3, shooting threes in three years of college basketball. If you can't shoot threes in the NBA, I don't think there's a place for you on the floor. Trace Jackson Davis got bodied around last year by Big Ten centers who don't project to be very good in the NBA. What is going to happen when grown-ass men try to post up against Trace Jackson Davis or forwards try to go by him? You know what? They're going to go buy him. Trace Jackson Davis is an odd fit in in the NFL or in the NBA. Trace Jackson Davis is going to have a tough time matching up in the NBA. Could he be uh, a thirteenth guy in a roster? Sure, but why be that if you can go to Indiana, fill Assembly Hall, and have what's potentially a really really good senior year? Uh, Given the NIL situation as it exists, I just don't see any advantage to Trace Jackson Davis staying in the draft, again, unless there's a deranged general manager who just falls in love with him. I don't mean deranged. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not conventional wisdom that Trace Jackson Davis would be taken in the NBA draft, even in the second round. Come back, make some money, win a Big Ten. Let's go. You put a starting lineup on the floor of, uh, let's say, Xavier Johnson, assuming he's back, right? And then at the two, maybe you got, uh, uh, let's say, Tamar Bates. He develops and he becomes a starter at the wing. Or Jalen Hood Shafino, either one. At the three, you got Geronimo. At the four, you've got Thompson. And at the five, you've got Trace Jackson Davis. That team wins the Big Ten. I think that's a Big Ten winning team, certainly a top four team. All right, here's why the Indiana Pacers drawing the sixth hole is perfect for them. Look at the guys who are going to be drafted. Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith can shoot. He might be a really, really good NBA player, but I don't want him. Uh, Chet Holmgren. I really don't want Chet Holmgren. Look, this may be unfair, but you can't look like Chet Holmgren looked in a suit last night and make me think you're going to be a really good NBA player. You have to be able to wear a suit. Why? I don't know. I said, you know what? It's kind of like Moneyball, those scouts. He's got a bad face. He's got an ugly girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. All of this non-baseball related stuff. When Billy Bean wants to hear about, you know, runs created, right? But have you ever seen a guy who wore a suit like that who played worth a damn in the NBA? I saw him last night. My wife said, Ooh, gotta get a suit that fits. You know what? You gotta get a body that fits a suit, right? Chen Holmgren is a high ceiling, really low floor guy who's gonna be taken in the top three of the draft, I think, right? Pablo Panchero, probably the most pro ready guy, 6'10, really good passer. Good athlete, can body guys. He looks like a pro. High, high floor, right? Not such a uh, high ceiling. Then you you probably got Shaden Sharp, the kid who reclassed, went to Kentucky, didn't play. And then maybe Keegan Murray as the five. The Pacers at six might be cornered into taking Jaden Ivey instead of trying to be clever and take somebody else. Six may be the perfect hole because Jaden Ivey may be the only option at six. That would be awesome. Kevin Pritchard spoke to the media last night. I was on the Zoom call. And uh, he said that players stopped him on the way to the Zoom call and said they want to come to Indiana. I think these guys just want to play in the NBA. I, I would be stunned if they wanted to come to Indiana. Why? I love Indiana. I think Indy's a great place to live. If they're that smart, I'd draft them immediately that they see the value in, in going to the Pacers. Um, but uh, sometimes Kevin just says stuff where I scratch my head and say, hey, that didn't happen. Cubs won by shutout again last night. They shut out the Pirates twice in a row. When you're playing one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball and you get shut out twice in a row, you're really bad. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are really, really bad. And the Cubs, over the last two nights, have played good baseball. So props to the Cubs for playing good baseball. Nice. They're 15-20. and They've won four straight. They are on the beam. They are rolling toward October. Let's go. Let's go, Cubs. You know, it's May. It's what we do. By the way, I think only 11 days until the Indianapolis Five Hundred which is fantastic. Cannot wait for the Indy 500. Um, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? First of all, first and foremost, Caitlin Norman, who I don't believe I ever spoke to in junior high because she was flat out intimidating as a human being. Talk back to Mr. Hastings. I say it every year. You talk back to Mr. Hastings at Lake Bluff Junior High, and you set a standard for toughness as a girl that is is, un, first of all, unsustainable, and second of all, incomparable. I was not talking to Caitlin Norman. However, she's celebrating a birthday today, and we celebrate her toughness and uh, and and uh, rue the fact that we did not talk to her in junior high. Uh, the great Chris Pruitt, lead guitarist for Uranium-235 back in the day celebrating a birthday. Gregory Nowak, happy birthday. Renee James, Keegan McCarthy, Ken Alexander, Dave Wischnowski celebrating a birthday, does a great job covering Illinois athletics. Denise Jenkel and the great Jamie Sullivan. Fired at Emmis? Off to start him elsewhere. That's what happens, and that's what happened to Jamie Sullivan. Good for her. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else had his best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports, now, what are we going to talk about? Sports! And we're going to do it with an optimistic tenor. Nothing negative today. Let's go take on the day and have a great one.